This is Marco, and you are listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Welcome to Brussels Dortmund fans from around the world. This is Stefan Butzko and yes, we've brought back the segment because of you beautiful Patreon supporters. We have hit the $100 mark and yeah, as promised, we brought back the segment and I'm joined by Adam Dorowski from New Hampshire. You may know him on Twitter at Fußballwit. Adam, I'm very glad you can join me. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Stefan. So without any further ado, Adam, talk us through how you've become a Borussia Dortmund fan and uh, yeah, what makes this club so special for you? Uh, well, I guess I, I'm probably a little bit different than a lot of the people that you have on because I've only been a fan for basically two years now. And that was uh, basically my son got super into soccer, world football from playing FIFA 15 And I just kind of, you know, as you're a parent, you have to be interested in what your kids are so you're able to actually speak to them. So I was like, all right, I guess I better learn about this soccer thing. I was always a baseball guy growing up. I am a historical and statistical analyst for baseball on the side. I've written for like some publications and uh, made some presentations and whatnot. So uh, it was it was still pretty natural for me to start falling into football once I, I started following it because There's so much to learn there, so much analytically, so much tactically. It just And the, the newer statistics that I've been stumbling upon have been uh, very interesting to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will talk about this later. But basically, your son was playing FIFA and played Borussia Dortmund. And then, uh, yeah, you all guys picked up on it. How, how actually did you get in touch with the actual football from the video game to then watching the game on television or online streaming or whatever you however you do it right yeah so he he asked his uncle for a Borussia Dortmund jersey uh, which he then got from his uncle so I was like okay if he's getting a jersey of this I've really got to find out what this is so I started researching about the club and a, a lot of friends of mine are into football and and gave me some pointers on uh you know this is a really good club because they have this these followers and Uh, their fans are incredible, and I'm a, a Red Sox fan, and it kind of uh, mirrors that Red Sox-Yankees, uh, Borussia Dortmund-Bayern Munich relationship that I had kind of been used to on the baseball side. So we started watching just basically YouTube clips and highlights from uh, ESPN and whatnot, and uh, eventually uh, got the Fox Soccer uh, package that we stream online basically whenever we can, every weekend, and uh, during the week when possible. And uh, we follow it quite closely. My son and uh, my young daughter is into it, too. She's, of course, you know, building crushes on all the players now. And she's <laughs> super into it, too, and loves watching it. And it's great. She's a little uh, eight-year-old girl running around New Hampshire in a Julian Weigel jersey. So it's pretty neat to see. Yeah, nice pick there. Um, <laughs> Julian Weigel, probably one of the Yellow Wallpot favorites. But, um, yeah, 
Anywho, so how does does uh, a match day usually look like for the family? Uh, well, sometimes uh, the Dortmund match days are the same as my son's match days. He plays soccer as well. So uh, on the days that he's not playing, we will get up and uh, get whatever we do uh, done around the house to to get ready for it and say, you know, 9.30 in the morning, that's usually when they're playing here. We'll just all sit down and we'll hook up the computer to the big TV downstairs and just sit around and, and watch the game. And uh, my son is... Uh, a very energetic fellow, so he usually he's running around, kicking around a ball while he's watching it too. So he's he's uh, watching it uh, kind of casually, but also you know when the the action picks up, he he runs over and and watches it with me. Yeah, I mean if we if we talk uh, about the bigger picture for Dortmund, obviously they have to target young fans because uh, usually all the people you know in their 30s 40s usually have already a favorite club i mean of course that can change for, for dortmund but usually you know they either already follow the the premier league or uh, i don't know Serie A or so so um yeah is fifa really such a big driver to uh yeah basically get young fans in, in touch or do you think the club also does well in uh, reaching those young fans uh, in in different ways Uh, I think FIFA is absolutely enormous for getting soccer in front of the kids over here. Uh, I mean, so many people have it, so many people play it. It's it's tough to find matches on TV still. Um, there are some some channels that carry them, but you really have to be looking for it. Um, in the case of Borussia Dortmund, I think it certainly helps in this country that they have Christian Pulisic. Uh, Pulisic kind of rose to prominence shortly after we became fans, so it was just kind of a a happy coincidence that we had this American kid on the team too, uh, that we actually didn't really know about when we started the following the team. Somebody else actually told me, you know, you've actually got an American kid on the team who's really darn good. And, uh, so that was neat to, to follow as well, to see his development. And I think it's, it's probably been pretty big for, um, the, uh, soccer in the U S having him because even in our little town, which is like 6,000 people in New Hampshire, which you don't really think of us as a German soccer mecca, we were at one of my son's games and there was another kid running around with a Pulisic jersey. So that was pretty neat to see. <laughs> yeah, uh, when I am in Philly at my girlfriend's, uh, I usually have to bring a Pulisic shirt or so to the United States for uh, kids that, that want that. So I can only confirm that uh, the hype <laughs> seems to be very real over there. So how do you actually get in touch with fellow American football fans, uh, maybe in real life or on the internet? Ooh, American football fans. I don't know anything about American football. but <laughs> no, no, I mean American versus Dortmund fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, so actually, I don't find a ton of them. I, I basically found you guys first on Twitter. Uh, I'm a big Twitter user on, on the baseball side, so I set up this uh, football account and uh, found the Yellow Wall Pod crew very early. Um, so, and then everybody else that has basically been guests at some point or another on the podcast has just kind of grown from there. Uh, some of the folks are in the U.S. Uh, some folks were in the U.S. but are now living in Dortmund. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically been Twitter. That's how I've built a, a baseball community, and I'm kind of using that for. Uh, football as well yeah good to know that we have to reach the people who are interested in Dortmund actually find us so that's just good feedback for for us I guess <laughs> no I found you guys right away and it was you're very 
knowledgeable community and very welcoming community. I know, you know, I could be easily seen as a bandwagon fan by anybody, but nope, the uh, the whole crew on Twitter has uh, welcomed me with open arms, and I very much appreciate that. That's because they're all bandwagoners. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I found it very interesting uh, because I actually only thought about inviting you when you wrote that you have your fan anniversary, and then I realized you've been a fan for two years. And I think a lot of fans actually became Dortmund fans uh, around 2013 or 2014 or maybe even a little earlier. But uh, yeah, you're a little bit newer to the whole thing, so... um Have you even witnessed the club era? And uh, if so, probably probably not in its fullest, I guess. The first match that I, I vaguely followed, I didn't watch it live or anything. I just kind of, I was like, oh, Dortmund played today. I need to catch up on that. Uh, was the cup semifinal against Bayern with that uh, crazy shootout at the end. That's kind of the first match I remember like consuming in some way as a fan. So that was the very end for Klopp. Uh, so... I really don't remember any Klopp games at all. I still have this strange attachment to him just because the whole Dortmund community does. But uh, yeah, I never really saw any Klopp games. Well, I mean, it's it's at least a good intro. I mean, this was a really, really good game. And I think the best of that rather bad season for Dortmund. So um, yeah, interesting. So how how actually have you uh, yeah found the... The football of Dortmund is it is it appealing to you or do you do you have other let's say soft factors where you say this is why I like Dortmund or basically you you go with the style of football they play and then everything else comes. Yeah, I guess I've wondered why I haven't really warmed up to other teams or the Premier League in in quite the same way. Um, when I watch Dortmund, all of like the the cliches about about soccer that you hear in America, about it being low scoring, about it being boring. When I watch them, just every second of the match is always so exciting and they're flying up and down. And, and uh, I mean, it's, it's hard not to with, with some of the pacey players that they have. It's just exciting to watch basically every single play. And obviously the more you learn about the game, the more you appreciate the intricacies that uh, maybe weren't very interesting to the, the casual uh, viewer, like the, the work that, Julian Weigel does, for example. I, I love watching him work, but I could see where somebody who's just watching a game casually would say, would not really see what he's doing. Hardly any key passes, hardly any vertical balls, hardly any creative passes to, to open the play, let's say. Yet he's so available. So yeah, I can, I can see why people on the first look don't really get to appreciate him. But yeah, as you pointed out, he is still very important to the team. I mean, he hasn't even registered a Bundesliga assist that I know of. So, No, I think I think you're right. He's still waiting for that. I mean, he has scored a goal. In, in the Champions, Champions League, League, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, that and was the fun. one time in training. So he has scored twice <laughs> overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an interesting story uh, about how I follow Dortmund, I guess you could say, is that Weigel goal. Uh, so I was driving my son to an after school activity and I had the mobile app for the Fox Soccer package playing. It's playing the video, but I'm listening to it through the, the car stereo. And I get to where he's going, and then I go inside, and I go to check the score again. And 
in those two minutes that I took to go inside, that's when Julian Weigel scored his only professional goal. So that's <laughs> the type of following that I do. It's like hopping in the car, following at weird times. It's it's exciting though. Yeah, definitely. Um, you also already touched upon the uh, uh, statistical side of things. And uh, when I look at football and then at American sports in comparison, I always feel like football when it comes to statistics and, and the way uh, basically the, the sport is presented by journalists, I always feel that uh, statistics play way less of a role than it than they do in American sports. So if you, I mean, you, you said you, you cover baseball in a statistical way and that's basically the stats game. So if you look from baseball to football, what actually interests you in, in uh, statistics in, in football and, and what maybe can football learn from baseball in that regard? Well, baseball has always had the, the easy counting stats, like the home runs and the runs batted in and you know, doubles and triples, that kind of thing. But what really interested me was when uh, this statistical framework called wins above replacement came into prominence. And what that does is it calculates uh, offensive, defensive uh, uh, contributions, and they're adjusted for context, like which park and things like that. And what it does is it really brings the overlooked players like the Julian Weigels of baseball to light. So that's the type of thing I'm kind of interested in, in finding in, in football. I've been looking at metrics like, you know, expected goals and whatnot, but from a full player performance, uh, perspective, I've been looking into like the squawk of performance scores and the who scored, uh, ratings to kind of get an idea of what players value for their overall game is i'm not exactly sure what goes into those yet i'm still kind of figuring them out i've even gone as far as taking your game ratings uh on espn and kind of putting them in a spreadsheet and like averaging them out and seeing who the best oh, players are <laughs> not a good idea <laughs> and then comparing them to fear the wall just to kind of see where the where the the gaps are there as well it's, it's always interesting but yeah I, i'm a numbers guy and and This is just another thing to analyze, and it's it's been fun learning about the game from that perspective as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, do you uh, look about things like, or look at things like goal impact? Maybe. You know, I I look at those things when they are shared on Twitter. I still haven't found the the best way to just consume these uh, statistics. Like when I just want to look them up. I don't know if that's like something that these these companies produce and release in, in, in a way that I'm just not finding. But when I see them on Twitter, I'm always very interested in them. I just, I'm not sure where to find them in more detail yet. Well, the thing is, um, most of those stats come from Opta and you usually only have access to them if you uh, buy a package or whatnot. So usually the people who have access, they are either sports analysts or uh, yeah, working for a big, media firm or whatnot so um yeah usually you you can find the stats you actually want to find un unless you yeah work for espn or so <laughs> yeah i figured that might be the case yeah because uh you know as as much as who squad and then squawker and then all these pages are, are nice the problem is uh they only offer so many stats but i for example really do appreciate in the ESPN sets portal, for example, that only shows you the uh, 
the uh, pass completion rate of a player, but also the second pass completion rate. So basically telling you if the pass after the pass also was a success or not, which mm. which is a nice indicator of uh, how much risk a player has in his passing game. And and maybe, you know, sometimes, of course, you always have to look at, at uh, you know, at a player, if, if, if it's Eric Durm, for example, who's, whose passes are not 100% precise. Let's put it this way. You always have to see whether he plays to players who obviously will be covered and whether he, he wants to play a risky pass or whether it's just poor passing. You always have to basically then read into the stats basically what it means by the things you saw. But nevertheless, it basically helps you define uh for for some players yeah how uh how well their passing really is and uh how much uh, they are involved in in the in the flow of the game because if you know someone plays a pass and that basically means a turnover after that that's that's not a good thing but if you know he's for example just passing the ball to Dembele all the time and you know he dribbles 10 million times per match then that's also maybe a reason <laughs> Right. So, um, yeah, those, those stats obviously are very helpful, but, uh, yeah, they're also not quite accessible to the public just yet. However, I think going forward, uh, they will be at, at some point, there will more and more stats creep into the game. And I, I do wonder if the attention of an American audience, for example, who, who really are more into stats basically, make a change in a in a way uh yeah soccer is viewed over over a longer period of course if if you just look at <laughs> I, I think there's a video where uh i don't even know who who makes who makes fun of of soccer in that regard or basically just compares the styles where you just uh have the introduction of of a american game where it's like yeah the they haven't won here for this and this many years and i don't know throw in a bunch of stats and then they switch over to soccer and it's basically oh yeah it's nice nice day for soccer hey <laughs> <laughs> oh yes the win-loss record on day games in in march uh yeah within exactly. the you know certain latitude and longitude yeah that, that stuff is is definitely uh <laughs> there's a lot of interesting and useful stats and there's a lot of that are just junk and Figuring out which is which is always useful. Yeah, I remember uh, one time I posted about uh, Christian Pulisic getting a secondary assist, and I, I got a bunch of people uh, replying to me saying, "Whoa, that's not a thing. What are you even talking about? Secondary assist? What is that?" But it's it's so I don't know if uh, football has some of the resistance to the statistical analysis that baseball had a few years ago, but it's going to be kind of fun going through the same thing again if that is indeed the case. Well. I don't know. I I I I think overall, if if you look at at the, yeah, basically how how football is perceived nowadays, especially by younger people, I think there are no two ways about it that there will be a more analytical approach to the game overall. I mean, if we talk about pre-assists or secondary assists, uh, you know, they might be more available than the actual assists. Dortmund often have that play where they basically uh, play the ball over the back line to an overlapping run and sometimes it schmelz or so and they just in quote unquote just cross the ball over to Aubameyang who can can just poach you know this one time cross still is is not easy to pull off but i still think the ball over the top into into the path of the 
of of the overlap is still harder to pull off and i think this play usually deserves even more yeah credit so yeah, i think a secondary so that, assist yeah. you know can be very valuable because sometimes that's the unlocking pass and not the the assist per se yeah the ball from peace check from the, the hoffenheim game for example yeah exactly exactly anywho adam um While I have you here, and it's 2017, Dortmund uh, are about to play a cup final on third place now, still two games to play this season, uh, so it's not quite over yet, but uh, nevertheless, I would really like to ask you how you've seen this season so far after this summer. Well, I think uh, considering... Uh, you know, this is beating a dead horse here, but considering who they lost, and then considering some of the names that they brought in to replace who they lost and having them either be out with injury or ineffectiveness with a uh, Goetze and Scherler, uh, I think what they've done is, is actually quite remarkable uh, to be sitting in third place right now. Uh, Leipzig is a surprise team and, you know, hats off to them because they have done a, an amazing job this year. I think the champions league showing was great. Uh, I think obviously things could have gone a little bit different against Monaco um, and the cup can't complain about the cup at all. That was a, a huge win against Bayern. And I think that they're set up pretty well for the final. Don't want to get too ahead of ourselves there, but I think, uh, you know, we could have a, a trophy in sight, which would be my first trophy as a Dortmund fan, which would be fun. Well, I'm not getting the trophy, you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, they have a good chance to close out the season in third as well. Obviously we're facing the same clubs as Hoffenheim. I think we have Bremen at home. So we're, We'll have a, a slightly better chance there because Bremen's on quite the uh, little run at this point. They're, they've been fun to watch. They've had some good Friday matches I've been able to catch, so that's been good. Um, yeah, so hopefully third place and a a cup win would be. I think it would be a great season. Yeah, Thanks, I, I would. I would totally agree with you. Um, however, I always, I personally measure seasons for any team usually rather in fun than in, in trophies because in the end uh, football is more about the uh, 90 minutes on the weekend that you watch a team rather than uh, you know what what's standing at the you know in, in the standings in the end basically <laughs> so so going by the fun index uh, from, from zero to ten how would you rate the season oh yes uh well it's I've only got a couple seasons to go by. The fun index last season did did seem a little bit higher. I think uh, players like like Hummels and Mkhitaryan were able to produce magic just at any any you know drop of anything they could turn into something amazing. And I feel like a lot of this season, I almost wanted to measure this too. Like how much of our season has been within one goal so like we're all on the edge of our seat like are we going to lose two points here are we going to be able to come back here uh it feels like more of this season has been like torture i guess the torture index is is higher this season but yeah, but for, for some people part, this sort of suffering is actually making the fun in the end it, it really is i mean that that's what makes you you know you don't want to be too comfortable you got to be you don't want to be following bayern you know they're winning every week that's no fun what's the fun in that that's why I picked Borussia Dortmund uh, when I was looking into these clubs, and this is definitely giving you the uh, the uh, the sense of being the underdog this season. Whereas last season, I feel like it, there were there were two top dogs, and this year we're more of an underdog, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, certainly. So your rating would be? 
Oh, rating. Oh, fun rating. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with nine. How's that? Out uh, of 10. I don't, I don't care. Whatever you say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a smart question of me, but you know, that's, I guess, for the listeners to judge. So if you want to slack me off for that, go ahead. I don't care. Uh, anyway, I think that would be all. I, I will, of course, not leave you with all the prediction for next season, whether you think Dortmund will actually improve or do you think maybe stay at the same sporting level or maybe deteriorate? What do you think there? I think that next year we will get second place back. I think the additions of Dahoud and Toprak are going to be very helpful, even if they're not like top world-class players, so to speak, like uh, some of the players they lost. I think that the depth at those positions are really going to help as those, those positions tended to hurt a little bit this season when we lost players. Uh, so I think second place is certainly within reach. All right. I can't ask you yet how the Champions League campaign will pan out because it's not yet clear whether Dortmund will play in the Champions League next season. So I guess that would be our fans from around the world segment for this week. Uh, Adam, I had a lot of fun talking to you and I'm glad you uh, yeah, could tell your story. I, for one, thought it was very interesting and, and uh, yeah, good to see how... How it is that, uh, how, how newer fans, let's say, view the club. So yeah, thanks for that. Adam, you may tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet if they want to get in touch with you. Oh, great. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me do this. This was, this was great. Uh, so yeah, on Twitter, uh, foosball twit at Twitter and, um, for the baseball stuff, if you're interested, it's just baseball twit. All right. <laughs> So I wonder what the handle would be if you get into Formula One. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, thanks again. And uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, you can do that at Stefan Bosco. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that on Twitter as well at Yellow Wallpot or Facebook Yellow Wallpot or uh, otherwise go onto our page yellowwallpot.com. And uh, if you also want to be a guest on, on this segment you can use also the contact form and that should shoot an email directly to me so yeah that would be all if you want to subscribe to us via itunes stitcher or soundcloud you can do that as well and uh, yeah thanks again to everyone who supported us on patreon so far and to everyone who is going to be he can or she can do that on patreon.com slash the yellow wall until next time goodbye